On the next Probably True Solar Stories, Charlie goes to Chico, California to hunt for cats, certain awful things, which are buried at a landfill that's about to become a new solar farm. Meanwhile, Moz tries to calmly educate the solar farm's opponents without doing certain awful things. Welcome back to Season 3, Episode 3 of Probably True Solar Stories. I'm your Solar Story host, Tor Solarfred Valenza, and I'm getting excited about these last three episodes of The Solar Heist, or how I got into the solar business. If you're just learning about the show, please check the show notes to catch up on the previous eight Solar Heist episodes. After you catch up, you can also binge on the other Solar Noir and standalone Solar Short Stories from Season 1 and Season 2. But if you're all caught up, then you know that in the last episode, Sylvia Prout strongly encouraged Charlie and Maz to go to Chico, California to attend a county board meeting that was deciding on whether to approve the construction of the Solar Syndicate's next solar farm. At the same time, Sylvia hinted that it could be dangerous and gave Charlie a gun and $100,000 just in case he needs to get some out-of-town money. What was Sylvia worried about? Let's find out. The Solar Heist, or How I Got Into the Solar Business, Part 9, Chico, is written and read by Tor Solarfred Valenza. When I was a kid in Staten Island, my family, all my cousins, aunts and uncles and extended cousins would all gather at my great-grandma's house. Food you wouldn't believe. Homemade Italian sausage, gushing pork juice in your eye when you stuck your fork in it, pasta with fresh tomato sauce made from my grandma's garden, fresh basil pesto made from basil leaves I grew in my mom's backyard, grilled porgies fished by my uncles from the Long Island Sound. Grandma used to bake them in olive oil, rosemary, roasted garlic, salt, and lemon. And then the desserts, the cream, the sugar, the chocolate, I don't want to tell you. They'd make you fat just by my saying them out loud. What does it have to do with solar? Well, when I think about any community planning or zoning board meeting for the solar projects, that's what I like to think about. Did our family fight at the table? Sure. Republicans versus Democrats. Mets versus Yankees. Who got a better Christmas present? Who's not doing enough? Who doesn't care enough? Who never walks the dogs? The biggest things and the littlest things all came out at the table. Right, wrong, just or unjust, it didn't matter. As long as you had your say at the table, that's what mattered. In the end, my great-grandpa, my grandma, the elders, they settled everything, and then everyone went back to eating. Family. Community. That's the kind of community meeting I expected when I went up to Chico to get Sylvia Pratt's solar project approved by the Butte Planning Commission. Neighbors would fight, but like my family, in the end, it would be worked out. But Charlie was less optimistic. Normally you might be right, Moz, but solar projects are starting to get pushback. There are a lot of different interests. We're going to be dealing with Butte County and their planning commission, another AHJ. 
AHJ standed for authorities having jurisdiction. That wasn't the FBI or any law enforcement. AHJs were your local permitting department, the building department, the zoning board, sometimes the fire department. It depended on your city or town. Home, solar, and commercial installers rarely had to have meetings about the small jobs. But out in the more rural areas, there were ranchers and farmers that were suspicious about solar developers planting solar panels into the ground instead of Butte County's usual crops of rice, walnut, prune, kiwi fruit, and pecans. Solar projects could also be built on Butte's cattle, goat, and sheep ranches. To me, these farmers, ranchers, and landowners were like my cousins. They knew each other, they loved each other, and sometimes they fought. In this case, it was about what should be grown or built in the backyard. The Prouts and their solar project money laundering syndicate had owned a retired landfill that wasn't far from some ranches and farms. But the syndicate needed more farmland for a 75-megawatt solar farm that they wanted to build. The bigger the solar farm, the more money they could launder and profit from but 75 megawatts would swallow up around 500 acres of ranches, rice paddies, and almond groves. For Charlie, he just wanted to find the cats, the certain awful things that were buried in the landfill. Until he found those bodies to use as evidence against Mrs. Prout, my job was to make Sylvia's project move forward. Business as usual. Most farmers saw solar as a good thing, but that's not how some people saw it. And by some people... Sylvia had given me a list. Those were the people that I needed to talk to. A couple were on the planning commission, a few were landowners, and two were just making trouble because I don't know. I hate I don't know people. They didn't even live in the county, so why were they protesting a solar project that was none of their business? I pointed to the two names, but Charlie didn't recognize them. They're not on my team, said Charlie. They could be straight nimbies from the next town over. Or maybe they're land speculators wanting to tank our lease agreements to buy up some cheap land. Utility solar can have a lot of opposition these days. You just have to take the time to educate people. But no violence. Right, Moz? I nodded. That was the plan. But ever since I met Charlie, his plans never went right. Boom. La 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 la. Boom 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 La 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 la. When Charlie and I got to the Prout's landfill, Two friends were waiting for us in the parking lot. Max the man and Max the dog. It was kind of a family reunion for me and Charlie. Max the man was a currently off-duty customs and border control agent that had introduced me to Charlie about two years ago. He helped me heist Charlie's shipment of confiscated solar panels and deliver them to Prout Solar Project that was about to go online. Max the dog was Max the man's drug-sniffing and dead-body-sniffing German shepherd. Two seconds after we got out of our truck, Max the man whistled, and then Max the dog started running towards us at full throttle. I stood my ground. This was Max the man's let's fuck around with Ma's game. It's like he was a teenager, although Max the man had to be in his mid-thirties. He just left to see how close Max the dog could get to my leg before calling him off. I took out a Costco peanut butter dog treat from my jacket pocket, but that didn't slow Max the dog down. The dog and I were friends, but he was trained, and so he was going to chew on my fist until Max the Man gave him an all-clear whistle. Over the years, I'd learned how to make that whistle, but under pressure, my whistles came out dry, and I didn't want to take the chance. Max, I yelled to Max the Man, 
I put my hand on Charlie, about to push him back, but then I heard Max's authentic whistle. Suddenly, Max the dog dug his paws into the stinky dirt, stopped, and sat like a puppy dog in front of me, panting and waiting for his peanut butter dog treat. I palmed it, and Max the dog's maw jumped into my hand. It didn't hurt, but I did feel a spittle puddle of dog tongue, gums, and teeth suck up the treat and crunch the peanut butter cookies into pieces. Good boy, Max, I said. Dudes, said Max the man. So nice to be doing business with you again. Before we get started, could someone please complete a certain transaction? Max the man didn't know that Charlie was working for an undercover Department of Energy Intelligence Division. As far as he knew, Charlie was a white-collar solar developer criminal working for the Prouts. Charlie had decided to pay Max his fee now and pin him later as a trial witness. He looked at me to do the transaction. I took out my phone and sent Max $5,000 in Bitcoin. A few seconds later, I heard the electronic sound of a cash register ringtone ka-ching. Received. Thank you. So how can I and Max the dog help you two gentlemen? Chico isn't exactly near any borders or ports of entry, so I know I'm not here on official business. What's up, homies? Do you know who owns this landfill? Charlie asked. Max the man took a moment as if being careful about naming the devil's name out loud. Well, I could be wrong, but in it the person who introduced us, Mr. Boston? The person who was in the news the other day? Correct, said Charlie. That person's wife is now running things, and like the other project, they're going to turn this landfill into another solar project. Before she does, she wants to make sure that it's free of cats. On hearing the word cats, Max the dog looked up at Charlie. Not those kind of cats, Maxie, I said and pet his head. Then I looked at Max the man. Cats, as in the acronym. Certain awful things, confirmed Max the man. Correct. I explained to Max that years ago Richard had hired me to move dumpsters of cats to his Chico landfill. I never looked inside them. I just left them at a particular spot, and then other landfill workers would take over. I told Max the man that Charlie and I had been asked to find and move those cats before Charlie started building Mrs. Prout's solar project. But the real reason was that Charlie wanted to nail Mrs. Prout. I believe that you and Max the dog can detect a certain kind of smells. As part of his customs duties, both Max the man and Max the dog had been trained to sniff out dead bodies. Max the man looked around. Jeez, I don't know, he said. There are a lot of dead and decaying scents here at the landfill, including real dead kitties. It could take more than a day's work to find them. Then you'll get overtime, said Charlie. We're good for it. Price was not a concern for Charlie. If Max the man helped him find those cats, he could nail Sylvia for multiple murders. In Charlie's theory, Sylvia would then give up the name of the head of the Solar Investment Crime Syndicate. Then, Charlie promised me and Pauline a normal life. There would be no need for witness protection because Charlie said that the whole Solar Money Laundering Investment Syndicate would be busted. That's what Charlie said anyway. And son of a bitch, I believed him. I headed back to the truck. While you two are cat hunting, I'm going to go see some people. Planning commission meeting starts at four o'clock, Charlie. I know. I'll be there, Charlie called back. Do what you need to do, Moss. This project needs to be approved. 
but please don't get any unnecessary attention. I'll be good. There were five people on Sylvia's list who weren't supporting building the solar project. I promised myself I'd treat them like I was at one of my family dinners. One way or another, we'd work it out. Of the five people on Sylvia's list, two were on the planning commission, one was a landowner, and two were the I-don't-know people. The two planning commission people were the most important ones, so I visited them first. Jake Blake and Pete Sanchez were longtime farmers and landowners in Butte County, and they were reasonable. I didn't intimidate them. I just said that I was working with Mrs. Prout, and she wanted more clarity on why they opposed the solar project. I tracked them down at the dip, a Chico luncheon drunk that served all-you-can-eat wings and beer for $25. Both Jake and Pete were big California cowboys that could eat all the wings in the henhouse and a case each of PBR. They weren't drunk when I talked to them, but their shoulders were leaning on each other with a glazed food coma look. I'm all for solar energy, said Sanchez. Clean, clean energy. But as part of the planning commission, I'm representing the people of this county. And the people, they still have a lot of questions. That's why I'm here. I represent the Prouts. But say I'm acting right now as a Google search about solar energy. Ask me the questions. I'll give you the straight answers. You don't like the answers? Don't change your mind. Jake and Pete seemed skeptical, but they weren't going to stop their wing and beer fest. Okay, Google. People are worried about the solar panels causing cancer, Jake said, sucking off the meat from another wing. I hear chicken wings cause cancer, I said. Jake and Pete stopped eating. Seriously? asked Jake. No, not seriously, but that's how rumors start. People don't take the time to get the facts. They just hear about things from their neighbors or trust the first thing that comes up on Google. So what do you know about solar and cancer, said Sanchez. I know that solar panels don't cause cancer or poison the underground water or cause tumors from magnetic fields. All myths. In fact, giving the soil and underground water table a rest for 20 or 30 years is good for your land. Solar tracker poles are the only things that go into the ground, and they're made from steel. If steel causes cancer, then every car on the road is a steel cancer coffin. What about later, after you let go of the lease? You're going to bring the solar panels to the landfills? Ain't that gonna be toxic? asked Jake. Again, nobody has ever gotten cancer from a solar panel. They're mostly made out of glass, aluminum, copper wire, and recyclable plastic junction boxes. Photovoltaic cells are mostly made from silicon, which is essentially sand. And if you're also worried about filling up your landfills, that's also a non-issue. California passed a law that makes owners recycle panels. There are new recycling companies springing up all over the U.S. right now. You approve this project, maybe they'll make one right here, creating more solar jobs. That would be good for anyone who wants to run for mayor. Jake and Pete looked at each other, and then at me. Have a wing, Pete said. Don't mind if I do, I said. As I picked off a drum... I asked them about the two out-of-towners who kept yelling about industrial solar and spreading rumors. Hard to say. They seem to be evangelists against industrial solar, said Jake. That's what they call it. I think they're from some org with the mission to preserve land for agriculture and traditional values. Anything they say, they say it out loud. 
like industrial solar is the boogeyman that's going to cause a plague and take away people's children. And, by the way, climate change is a hoax, yada, 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 stuff like that. People around here don't necessarily believe that, but these two make an impression, that's for sure. You know where they're staying in town? I asked. They did know. But before I went to the Holiday Inn, I went to Amanda Henderson, 78, who owned property next to the ones that the Prouts wanted to lease. Mrs. Henderson wanted to keep farming crops, but her kids didn't. Based on what the two out-of-towners were screaming about, she was worried that the land value would go down and that her kids wouldn't get the full value of their inheritance. I took out my phone and showed Mrs. Henderson studies that showed that solar projects maintained and even improved property values of adjacent land. I also told her that the Prouts were going to plant native pollinator grass ground cover, and that would attract bees and butterflies. As long as she was farming, those bees and pollinators would fly over her crops and help her during the pollinating seasons. Then I showed her pictures on my phone of some nearby solar projects. She saw rows and rows of solar panels with milkweed, goldenrod, and coneflower, and flowering herbs like lavender, thyme, and oregano planted all under the rows. That was all Mrs. Henderson needed. They're beautiful, she said. Yeah, they are, I said. After that, Mrs. Henderson was happy, and she said she'd support Charlie and the Prouts at the Planning Commission. My last stop on Sylvia's list were the two screaming yahoos. I asked Mrs. Henderson about the two industrial solar screamers. She said that they were nice to her, and they said that they were on a holy mission to stop industrial solar and protect farms, the water, and the land's natural resources. Solar uses next to no water except for cleaning panels, so that was another myth that they were spreading. I felt that there was something else pushing these two shitheads. But before I could ask them about it, I had to find them. I knew they were staying at the local Holiday Inn, but when I checked, they weren't in their rooms. I wasn't no Richie three times, but if you've got a name, it's easy to find people, and Sylvia had given me the names. Randy Choles and Danny McManus. Usually with a name, you can find a lot about a person. Aliases, maiden names, new and old addresses, and telephone numbers. And if you're under 60, everybody's got a photo on the web today. You don't think you do, but you do. There's no more privacy in the modern world. But all that is if you're a normal person and using your real name. Randy Choles and Danny McManus were internet blanks. They weren't even listed on saynotoindustrialsolar.org, the nonprofit they said that they were representing. But God bless local newspaper reporters, because local reporters show up at every planning commission, and there was Randy and Danny in full yelling mode on page two of yesterday's news. They kind of looked like farmers. Jeans and t-shirts, caps and jackets. They also looked fat, but built. Like they used to do manual labor, but hadn't been active. After I couldn't find them at the Holiday Inn, I walked back to my car and I thought, if I were an out-of-town shithead in a small town, where would I go? Lunch? Maybe. But it was too late in the day for that. Hairdresser? Ha! Kidding. No. Strip clubs was the home of shitheads far and wide, and true to their natural habitat, that's where I found Randy and Danny. When I walked into the gentleman's spot, it was easy to spot our two shitheads. 
They sat front and center below the stage, drinking beer with a stack of singles and fives on the table. Clearly they were cheap marks, so the redhead in the Satan sexy helper devil costume grinding to a whole lot of money stayed on the stage, but she also gave them an occasional cheap thrill. Distracted by the show, Randy and Danny were surprised when I sat down at a chair opposite them, my back to Satan's sexy helper. Hello, Randy. Hello, Danny. My name's Maz. I have some solar business. Maybe we could go back to the Holiday Inn? Have a chat? I smiled a half-smile. It was the kind of smile that says, gotcha. I know who you are, but I don't want to fight. Let's try talking first. The two of them looked like bar fights could be their regular form of cardio strength training, but they didn't want to start their daily exercise routines yet. Not without asking me questions first. You a cop? said Randy. Let's just say that I'm an authority having jurisdiction. An AHJ. You know that acronym, don't you boys? You've been to a lot of solar zoning board rodeos from what I can tell. So don't play dumb, even if you are dumb. I regretted saying that last part as soon as it came out of my lips, but it was too late. So, you're not a cop. You're just looking for a fight, Danny said, gritting his teeth. Maybe they weren't from around here, but we were at a table together. I wanted to give them time for their say. Okay, I shouldn't have said that. I'm very sorry. Calling someone dumb in a titty bar is an invitation to a fight. In fact, Doing so is very dumb, I apologize. Now can we talk solar business? What do you say? Maybe we don't want to talk solar business, said Randy. Well then, that would mean that you want to fight. And I just said that I didn't want to do that. Let me buy you two some beers. See, I was trying very hard. I had admitted my mistake, and I was trying to make it up to them. But shitheads are shitheads. Danny looked at Randy. I don't think we're that thirsty, are we, Randy? No, not thirsty, Randy said, staring at me. So much for the family gathering, but I tried. Yes, I shot my mouth, but then I apologized. I offered a peace beer beverage. But sometimes even cousins have to take it outside. I shook my head and looked over my shoulder at Satan's sexy helper. She was seeing the tension, bless her heart, and she tried to diffuse the situation by giving all of us a very sexy smile and twerking to the right and then to the left. But that twerk to the right gave Danny another idea. He twisted his fat head and saw the men's room sign. You want to talk? Let's go talk in the men's room, said Danny. Randy nodded. Yeah, said Randy. Private talk. In the men's room. I almost laughed out loud at how stupid these two were. If this had happened to me, if I had met me in the same situation, I would not be leading me into a tight, closed area like a bathroom. I mean, I'd have just met me. I could be carrying a number of weapons. So I'd have suggested leading me outside, away from the bouncers. And as soon as I was past the door... I'd immediately become violent with me, and in case I couldn't kick my ass, shoot, or fight my way out of the situation, I'd be near my car to get away from me. But once again, these two were shitheads, so of course they wanted to talk to me in a bathroom. 
That was another part of their natural habitat. I tried, I said. I'll see you in there. We stood up. Randy immediately picked up his singles and fives from the table, and Satan's sexy helper rolled her eyes. Classy he was. So I stopped. I shook my head at Randy, and I put down a fifty on the table. That made Randy feel one up by me. He pulled out bills and counted through his singles and fives from the table, then found a tenner in his front jeans pocket. But there was only forty-five dollars. Satan's sexy helper gave a pouty face. So Randy glares at Danny, and Danny reaches into his back pocket to kick in another ten. Fifty-five dollars, sweetheart, Danny said out loud. Satan's sexy helper licked her lips and threw Danny an air kiss, and then she winked at me. I bowed and then bid the shitheads to lead me to their throne room. What happened next? Well, I'm here talking to you in one piece, aren't I? But before I tell you the details, you have to understand what was happening at the same time to Charlie, Max the man, and to Max the dog at the landfill. If Randy and Danny would have talked nice and told me who they really were, maybe things wouldn't have gotten so bloody at the Prout's landfill. At least I could have warned Charlie. But before we go there, all this talk of bathrooms has reminded me that I need to take a break. Yes, I'm sorry. It's another cliffhanger. But we're not done with Randy and Danny. And next week, we'll see how Charlie and Maz have succeeded and failed to discover the true identity of the head of the Solar Crime Syndicate. Before we go, be sure to check out the True Solar Takeaways in the show notes. You'll find some links to articles about the very real land conflicts that are happening around solar development today. Many of these conflicts are caused by the fear of the unknown, solar myths, and in some cases, deliberate misinformation. There are indeed some organizations that are truly concerned about converting agricultural farms into solar farms. They fear that it will affect their traditional agricultural communities. At the same time, the small family-owned farms are disappearing and being replaced by industrial corn, wheat, and soy. So families have a choice today. For the family farms that are left in the U.S., the younger generations are increasingly wanting to sell their parents' land and invest in other businesses that are in more urban communities, if not cities. Leasing land for solar projects can be a win-win solution for those families. The family gets to keep the land and receive steady income for leasing the land for 25 or 30 years. The land and the water table also get a rest for that time. After the lease ends, the solar panels can easily be removed and the land can be farmed again. Or the family can release the land for another solar project. Check the show notes for more articles and studies about this evolving issue. That's it for now. The Solar Heist, or How I Got Into the Solar Business, Part 9, Chico, was written and read by Tor Solarfred Valenza. Probably True Solar Stories is a production of Unthink Solar PR and Communications. As always, please be bold for solar, stand out, and educate. See you next time.